The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. 80% of submissions responding to the Dublin City Centre Transport Plan are overwhelmingly in favour of reducing cars coming into the city. The plan aims to end the dominance of cars on the city streets and reallocate the space to buses, to cyclists and pedestrians. However, businesses fear the change would decimate city centre retail business. Joining me now to talk about all of this is Green Party Councillor for Dublin's North Inner City, Janet Horner, and Transport Consultant, CEO of the RIAC, Conor Faulkner. Good morning and welcome to to you both. Uh, I was intrigued uh, by this uh, statistic uh, put forward by Dublin City Council. 80% of people say, yeah, this is absolutely great. Yeah, I'm, I think it's it's a really overwhelming um, and positive endorsement of the strategy. By whom? By Because this is one of my texters, Joe, says, who exactly was consulted about even more restrictions on cars entering Dublin City? Was it some form of targeted campaign that managed to bypass people who don't subscribe to certain social media feeds? That's what Joe wants to know. I think, and again, there's limitations to non-statutory consultations, but this went out through all Dublin um, Dublin City Council social media channels, on, on major media, media channels as well. I was on RT News talking about it. I've been on News Talk talking about it before. It has had plenty of coverage up till now. So, you know, there's we can't, unfortunately, have the capacity to put a put a letter in every single letterbox in the, in the entire city about it. But a, a big effort went out, I think, the the consultation report said it reached 1.4 million um, impressions, reach um, audience in different ways. So it, it did get a widespread engagement. I think it's interesting that, you know, we're, we're looking at this process now. Um, over the weekend, Paris did a, a plebiscite on parking charges in their city. And one of the major criticisms of it was a 5, 5%, 5.7% turnout, I think it was, in Paris. Yeah. So, you know, there's, it's, it's and, very and difficult... Triple the parking charges for SUVs of over 1.6 tonnes in weight. Yeah, so I think there's some people who will participate in a plebiscite who might not participate in a non-statutory consultation to to let us know what they think. But there are definitely advantages to a non-statutory so consultation So you believe well. in Dublin City Council that most people living in the city or using the city, because many people who use the city come from outside uh, the confines of the, the representation of Dublin City Council, you know, whether it's Dublin South or uh, whether it's Fingal or whether it's uh, Dunleary Rathdown or beyond in the commuter counties. Many of the people who drive into Dublin City come from those areas. Were they part of the consultation or is it only Dublin City councillors who, if you like, told their own people? I think anyone could participate in the in the consultation. So if you were in Cork and you had an opinion on it, you, you could participate in no, it. No, but in terms of letting um, people know, I mean, I presume your followers on social media are by and large in your own area. Yeah, I, I mean, I can only reach the people who are interested in listening to me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, the I, it did go out in RT um, yeah. 61 News, the, for example. The information, so. and I'm not sure how scientific this is, coming from Dublin City Council is that the people who are broadly in favour, hugely in favour, are those who live in the city, for example. I think, and just to just to pick up on one thing, um, it is about removing through traffic from the city centre. So this isn't necessarily about saying you won't be able to come into the city in your car. It is about saying if you're um, coming from the airport and you're trying to get to Dunleary, it will make more sense to go around the edge of the city using the M50, mm. for example, than it will to come through the city centre. Yeah. And well, sometimes it makes be sense allowed at to the come moment. Through. You see, if I take a taxi, which I've done from Dublin Airport and I go through the port tunnel, it's about... Uh, two-thirds or maybe less than two-thirds the price of going on the motorway because the distance by taking the M50 to Dunleary would be enormous. So really you'd be... Re- and you haven't provided, if you like, rapid transit. Uh, I think, to me, for example, 
I get an air coach every two hours. Now, what kind of a service is that? Not good enough, I'm afraid. Do you know? Yeah, and at the moment, taxis are considered part of our public transport fleet, for for better or worse. There's arguments for and against that, but they would continue to use the bus lane, so they would be largely unencumbered by the likes of this. And I just also, to mention, when when it is 80%, that is largely consistent with other findings we do. When the NTA survey people, they will say the majority of people are in favour of supporting sustainable transport. And if that means restricting complete unencumbered car access at points, mm. that is a price worth right. paying. Conor Faulkner, what do you make of this? Um, well, a couple of things. I mean, firstly, sympathy for Janet. Dublin City Council did do the best they can in consultation and they did, made every effort to widely publicise it. Um, but I think to look at these results and, and believe that it's 80%, I would question that. For example, the submissions come from all and sundry. Um, Dublin City Centre Businesses did a piece of work that showed that only 20% of people actually even knew about the proposals to any great degree of detail. Again, I wouldn't fault Dublin City Council. Until people are directly affected, they tend not to notice. If you'd asked people a month ago if they knew much about the proposed recycling of plastic bottles, for example, I would suggest that while people might have heard about it vaguely, very few people would have understood what was going to happen until it did. So likewise here, I I think it's a big stretch. Also, as I say, you get submissions from lots of people, Dublin City Centre businesses, who are, to be fair, kind of broadly on board. I mean, I I do believe that there's widespread support for this, uh, but I think 80% is an overreach. And if you get, you know, one submission from Mrs. Murphy and Sutton and another submission from Mr. Kenny and Dunleary and another submission from Diageo, you know, it's a bit of a stretch to say that's two to one in favour because, you know, Diageo has got very, very detailed concerns. Diageo have a particular difficulty, according to the DCC itself, uh, they say that it would be very difficult for them to get this famous export product yeah. to Dublin Port if they're supposed to leave James's Gate, go out to the M50 or whatever, and come all the way around to Dublin Port compared to going a relatively short distance in, straight to Indeed. The port. And some of those problems are not yet solved. And Dublin City Council is in the process of engaging with city centre businesses and, and they're trying to do it well. I don't think anybody disagrees with the broad thrust. You know, everybody knows we must favour public transport. We must build public transport. Everybody involved in the conversation has been saying that for years and nobody, absolutely nobody, defends unfettered so, car access. There's no point yeah, nearly Jan- in, saying, Jan- in declaring that. One we, of we the reasons it. for this is that it turns out that a huge majority of the traffic that passes through Dublin city centre actually doesn't want to be there. They want to go through the city. Yeah, so I okay. think... The- so, so now you are actually restricting the ways in which they can get through the city. That's part of this plan, isn't that so? It's going to make it like really slow and tortuous. So you're saying to a motorist or the man in the white van who's got to do his work, if you want to go from south side to north side or vice versa, you're going to have to go through a maze of whatever, find a bridge across the Liffey somewhere out in the boondocks to get across to your work. That's what you're saying to people without providing an alternative for example, the Port Tunnel, one of the great innovations, but it only goes from Dublin Port on the north side to the airport. It doesn't actually allow you to traverse from the south side through the tunnel uh, and up. And the inadequacy of the toll bridges uh, down mm. the East Link is just uh, palpable. So you're doing all this great stuff, this great green stuff, without providing alternatives. I, I think another way to look at it as it is at the moment is that the vast majority of people are coming into the city centre by more sustainable means. They're not coming in by public car or by private car. Um, they're they're walking, they're cycling. They're coming in by bus, by Dart, by Lewis. Um, and the majority of people, whether shopping, it's about 80, 84% of people when they come in to shop, 
um, the majority when they come into work are travelling by those means and most of the majority of those people are being slowed down because of the, the amount of private cars on the road. All who are trying, according to DCC, to get through the city. They don't want to be there. I mean, the amount of parking that's available on the street is there for people who need to come in and do business and then get out. Otherwise, they pay a fortune all day in parking. So they're not leaving their cars abandoned there. Parking, and that was an initiative uh, way back by Dublin City Council, which we all were saying, this is terrible, metres everywhere. But it worked. Because now if you go into Dublin City Centre by car and you need to do business, you can find a parking space Mm -hmm. because of that initiative. But now you're saying to people, you you need to get through the city, find your own way, Sunshine. Well, what is their own way? Where do they go? I I would say, and look, I'm not not going to, haven't talked to Diageo about this, but I took a look at it on Google yesterday. I think it takes Diageo about 20 minutes to go down the quays and they're about 90% of the heavy goods vehicles on the quays. I, I know personally, I know somebody who was knocked down by a heavy goods vehicle not long ago and is still in the process of learning to walk again as a result of that. That was on the keys. Um, so if you take the kind of cost that people and the city life pay for those heavy goods vehicles, because what do you I want think to it do is it? not... What are you telling Diageo? Because these are the practical problems you've got to solve. So What I, are they to do? Deliver by stealth in the middle of the night? You know, deliver to the docks between, say, 11pm and... 5am, is that what you'll be telling them? Like, I took a look at it. To get from Guinness's Brewery to the docks, the keys will take 20 minutes. There are alternative routes that will take about 23 to 24 minutes. Where, which are they now? I think going up Church Street and around... Um, and right, through another, another residential area, thick with people uh, who have moved into that, those areas, lots of housing there. So you're going to just take... Because the keys are in some way sacrosanct. You're going to push them in, the heavy goods vehicles. They'll have to make a right turn somewhere to get to the docks. So you think it'll only take three minutes more for people to go up Church Street at, you know, normal congestion levels in Dublin City, three minutes more? I, I don't think so. And I think the, I, I mean, I will have, I will certainly have concerns <laughs> if they're going up Church Street. Church Street gets a lot of traffic already. It wouldn't be my preferred route. But I think certainly from Diageo's point prefer- of view. What is your preferred from route? Diageo's- what are you telling them? You're a Dublin City councillor. What are you telling Diageo? And I mean, there'll be other uh, people who'll be affected like this, as I say, the man on the white van, the delivery of bread, etc., etc. All of those things that have to happen for the cafe society, which you seem bent on creating because retail is going to be hammered by all of this, I suspect. So the cafe society, they'll get there by bike and by uh, on two feet. But there will be others. If you want to service the, the coffee machine, the man on the white van has got to get into town and park somewhere. So what, Diageo's case in point, you're saying Church Street is the, is your answer. I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, from their point of view, I was surprised to see that they were raising such a concern when it was the difference between 20 minutes and 23 minutes. That's your. For the that's next your route. estimate. But hmm. well, according to Google, what, what anyway. Time did Google you do, Maps, what time did you do your Google Maps survey? It was on a bank holiday, so I'm not going to. I, oh, I can't. For God's <laughs> sake, no, no, I'm not no. offering oh, it as a scientific. Um, no, no, no. Don't come I'm in. Saying, Don't come in with that nonsense. You do a survey on a bank holiday to determine levels. <laughs> Connor. Well, look, listen, I think this is a little harsh on both on Janet and on Dublin City Council. And these are the circles that need to be squared. And it's worth saying that I think the 80% figure is bunkum. And I think Dublin City Council is probably wrong to draw attention to it. And it may not be them. That could be, you know, the Irish Times article that did that. But nevertheless, you know, a lot of people want this to happen, including city centre businesses. And look at some of the good stuff that's included. The College Green Plaza, for example. And there's a lot, a lot of good stuff proposed for Dublin City and people are on board with it. Um, Problems like uh, facilitating business need to be panel beaten and need to be fixed. And perhaps with goodwill, they can be. But there are, you know, there are some fundamental difficulties with this. We are not addressing 
providing proper public transport alternatives for people. And with the greatest respect to everybody involved, Dublin is a city of two million people and growing. There's a reason why it's growing. It's a fabulous city. It is you know, immensely popular. It is the engine of the Irish economy. It is absolutely a, 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 a city of international standing. It has no metro. We're not planning on building a metro. We're talking about maybe connecting the airport in the next 15 to 20 years. I mean, that is utter nonsense. And if the solution proposed is buses, but don't, don't, then I just put my head in my hands. Don't the city council have to do the best they can with what they have? I mean, Well, true, but, but know, I mean, at the same time... They, that, they won't be able to build a, a metro. That's not their... I tell you one thing they can do, Pat. They cannot take as the measure of their success, literally as the measure of their success, we stopped car use. And that seems to be it. It seems to be, have we stopped car use Yay, that's our objective achieved. You have to tie that to the economic life of the city. You also have to be sure that you're providing quality of life, not just for the individual who can cycle in and have a coffee, but also for individuals of limited mobility, of all sorts of diverse needs. If we create an urban park out of Dublin city centre, which is traffic free, then that's a very pyrrhic sort of victory. The other thing I would say is that these plans are completely silent. They cite climate change and air quality as a key objective, and then become completely silent on the difference between electric cars and diesel. Within the lifetime of these plans, every car on the road will be electric. So in that context, where's the air quality justification for doing it? So uh, be careful about what victory you define, and it cannot simply be, we stopped cars, therefore we won. Last words, Janet. And let's be clear that part of the reason that we want to restrict car access is to give the city a chance to breathe, to thrive, to thrive, to let the businesses really um, have a chance to really prosper. Like we know, Which we know though? the majority. Cafes, you know, the hospitality industry is telling, telling us at the moment they're going broke, that they can't cope. And we're going to create a city full of cafes. And pubs. 84% of shoppers are coming in to the Dublin city centre by, by public transport, by walking and cycling. And at the moment, they are being penalised because they are asked to wait longer, to, to have unreliable journey times, to be unsafe, mainly unsafe in the roads, um, because we, we allow private cars to continue to use and arguably abuse our streets. And I think that it is time that we put a stop to that and that we let our city and the people within the city live and thrive a little bit better. Janet Horner, Green Party Councillor for Dublin's North Inner City and Cutter Faulkner, Transport Consultant and CEO of the RIAC. Uh, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.